Welcome to the Talent Talk with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Robert Walters LATAM Leadership Podcast. We're coming to you today from Sao Paulo. My name's Richard Townsend, and I'm one of the managers in the recruitment team here. As part of our podcast, we aim to explore the talent in the region, learning a little bit more about them, about their current businesses, and about some of the challenges that they face. This week, I'm delighted to welcome Gustavo Vici. Gustavo is the chief people officer at a Brazilian unicorn named iFood. He's been there less than a year and he's had a a diverse career along the way to get there. He has a bachelor's in physics from the Universidade Estadual de Campinas. He has further executive education from Kellogg School of Management in the US. And he's worked for both national and international businesses uh, and has also worked in Australia and Singapore. Gustavo, delighted to have you here today. Welcome. Hi, hey Richard. It's, uh, it's a huge pleasure to be here with you uh, from Robert Walters. Uh, I'm here representing iFood and uh, we're going to discuss a lot of how we have been working remotely here in iFood. And um, I'm delighted here to share more about this with everybody, uh, including you as well. Excellent. I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing from you today. And as you just said, one of our main themes today is going to be about the future of work according to iFood and how you, how you envisage this for the future. Um, before we get into that, though, I, I think it's very interesting for some of our listeners to learn a little bit more about you. Uh, so, I mean, my, my first question is, you studied physics at university, and then you moved into sales, and now you are a chief people officer at a business valued at over a billion dollars. Tell us a little bit about the, that journey and how you made some of those transitions. <laughs> yeah, if I could rewind it back like 10 or 15 years ago, I could never imagine that it would be in the HR and I would have experience living abroad and working abroad as well. So it's, it was quite like intriguing as, as, as we go, right? But to, to be quite honest, I like to consider myself as a scientist. And, and that goes back to some, 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 some kind of early days when I was trying to figure out well, uh, things like what happened, uh, the word doesn't, don't speak the same language or even why soap, uh, repel yep. water, and clear mirrors from fog on the shower, and why flushing water in the sink going down, the, going down a drain, it moves clockwise in the North Hemisphere and counterclockwise in the South Hemisphere. Okay, this is like, this is, I, I have been questioning myself everything in life so far. And, this, and that said, it was an obvious decision for me to go and study science, right, and physics. Yep. What was not obvious then was what kind of career could I pursue with a degree in physics? And the funny story was that one of the smartest teachers I had at university, it turns out to be a brilliant Russian, had a quite old car, something like a 25 years, 25 years old car. And I was shocked thinking that in the end of my life, if everything went well, I would have the same car. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you know, like fast forward now, I couldn't care less about cars and or yeah. other material goods. But when you are like 20 years old with a lot of insecurity, it seems quite relevant for me back then. Moving along, I found an organization that was ahead of its time, uh, was advertising its training program at some university. And uh, that was the only interview I have ever had in my life before I flew. The company name was Latin America Logistics. I remained in this company for almost nine years, and I started in operations, moved to logistics, then sales and operations, SNOP, and ended up in sales. But during those nine years, I attempted to move to the HR around like five to six times, but was always told that the HR was a, a bunch of tree huggers. <laughs> <laughs> and I would be any more of anyone the business side. When, so when I left some people that work in, uh, when I left that organization, some people that I worked in, that, uh, in this logistics company moved, moved to a FMCG organization called Kraft Heinz. I know, I think that may, many of you knows the, the Heinz ketchup or even Kraft mac and cheese. Uh, and so then invited me to join. So that was my opportunity to move straight to the HR. Their first attempt was to have me lead in the operations, uh, but I think it was more, more than decided to move to the HR. I stayed there at Kraft Heinz as a HRVP uh, for six years, right? Three years in Latin America and three years in Asia Pacifica where I had the opportunity to live in Australia and then Singapore. Last year, I started some conversation with a Brazilian tech conglomerate called Movili. And mm -hmm. uh, iFood was its uh, largest business back then and it still it is right now. Uh, so it was a long like six months conversation that ended up with me packing my stuff and moving back to Brazil with the whole family. And here I am leading the HR for almost like 2,600 employees around the globe from US, Europe, Latin America. Of course, most of them, they are based in Brazil, but we have a lot of uh, employees working remotely across the globe and even some employees in Asia, right? And, uh, and then the business has been growing in triple digit over the last couple of years. Well, a very interesting journey. And what I really like about that is the fact that it starts with, with curiosity. And you talked about <laughs> that curiosity of... Of, of which way the water goes, uh, drains out of the sink. Um, and I'm sure that curiosity that you had for science is now carried over into curiosity for business. Yeah, I think you're right. And this is like one of the things that uh, I enjoy the most in my HR function, because right now there's a lot of things that we're trying to uncover and we're trying to understand with data analytics, trying to understand like the correlation about things trying to understand the causation about things. Like for example, what makes an employee to begin more or less engaged? What makes an employee decided to leave the organization or stay in the organization? What makes the most profitable companies? What makes someone a great talent, for example, right? So this is the kind of thing that I'm, the kind of things that I'm trying to uncover right now. And I'm, I'm completely passionate about it. And, um, and you can see this based on um, the performance assessments that we have been running in the organization with a lot of analytics. There's something new that we implemented called ONA, which basically it's called organizational network analysis, where we're trying to identify who connects with whom, who is more relevant in this kind of type of connection. So the science, I left the science, but the science didn't let me. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I, I think now is probably a very appropriate time to, for you perhaps to give us an introduction to iFood as a business. Um, for those of our international listeners that don't know, iFood is defined as a food tech business. And you mentioned about a couple of the, the technological, um, technological movements or, or changes that's going on there. Can you give us an, an insight into or an overview of, of iFood as a business? 
Yeah, um, iFood right now is, uh, is, the, is the largest food tech company in a single country outside of China. Just to get a dimension of that, right? Like, for yeah. example, like if, even if you look for those tech companies um, in um, Russia or even in, um, in India or even in the uh, U.S., from a single organization, single food tech company, we're the largest one, right? And we're part of a conglomerated called uh, Movly. Movly has uh, probably seven or eight. Uh, it might change. This is the reason why I never remember because we're always creating new companies <laughs> or even shutting down some seven or eight organization like Play Kids, uh, Simpla, Wavy, which is internet, which is uh, for artificial intelligence. There's, it, it's a kind of. I like to. I like to think that Movly is like Alphabet, and iFood is like Google, right? I think yep. this is like. I, I can say that the Movly is the Brazilian Alphabet, and iFood is the Brazilian <laughs> Brazilian Google. If you wanna, if you wanna say that, we have two thousand five. 600 employees, maybe 700, <laughs> as we have been hiring a lot of people as the business is growing. The business is growing like triple digit over the years. Um, and yet we're in an excited journey. Like right now we deliver uh, most uh, food. We also enter in the groceries and right now we're just entering the drugstores uh, and more to come. Fantastic. And one of the things that most impresses me is the, the, the enormous growth of the business. I mean, you, you started in, in 2011, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as a physical, uh, almost a, a physical menu that people would ring yep. up and order from a, a menu for various different restaurants. And now you are such an innovative business and really at the, the forefront of this food tech. And as I said previously, valued at over a billion US dollars. So this, this level of growth in, in nine years is very impressive. Yeah, if you go back in 2011, I think that the founders, what they, try, they were trying to do is like, instead of you having uh, a cup of magnets in your, uh, in, your, in your fridge, right? Like with a different kind of I, restaurant. I remember those. <laughs> you remember those, right? Yeah. Funny, to, funny to think about that, right? But like what they tried to do is they were trying to combine all of them and say like, you called us <laughs> and then you choose what you want and then we're going to deliver you somehow, right? In 2011, we did a, 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 something that we thought it was an amazing uh, year, which was 12,000 orders. Uh, we, we reached uh, 12,000 orders uh, per month. Right. And right now we're doing like a whopping uh, uh, almost 45 million orders per month and wow. still growing. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's quite impressive. And, and I think the most impressive thing is that we believe that we firmly believe it's not that we believe we firmly believe that we're just beginning. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's, it's such a, a positive message to say, not only to the, the market in general, but to your employees as well. That look at the size of us now. But this is only the beginning. That's that's very very positive. Yeah, and, and, and this is not. And to be quite honest, sorry, sorry to interrupt, Rich. To be no. quite honest, this is not something that we needed to emphasize, or is something that we're trying to embed in the culture. It's something that everybody that is inside of the organization they, they can see that in a daily basis, based on all business that we're launching, all business that we're just thinking about, or all the opportunities uh, uh, in front of us that we have with the the platform that we currently have. So it's quite interesting. Fantastic. Now, uh, Gustavo, the, the main theme of our conversation today, I wanted to be about the future of work from, from iFood's perspective. But before we go into that detail, I've been very impressed with some of the actions that iFood has taken during what has been, for, for everyone across the globe, a very difficult last six to nine months. Sure. We'll, we'll talk about some of the, the business decisions that you've, you've made, but can you tell us about some of the uh, more social or community-focused decisions that, that iFood has taken during the pandemic? 
Wow, that's that's a that's a great thing. Thank for your words, Rich. And um, and this brings back to also my story, right? Because like uh, I left I left Singapore, I left Asia like in the beginning of January. I arrived here in Brazil with a steel jet lag. Went to work in the next day, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And when I arrived in Brazil, like the the pandemic has already started, right? So yeah. I, I was able to talk with all of my friends in Asia and China and to understand like how the pandemic was developing and how, how it was hurting the business and et cetera, right? Like, and, and even then, before it reached Brazil, it reached Europe and then United States and then Brazil. So Brazil was probably one of the last countries to be hit with the pandemic. And, um, and, and we had, a, we can call it a privilege, right? But uh, we were able to observe how other countries were dealing with it and mainly the collateral effect in our stakeholders coming from the lockdown, right? Yeah. I think we were, we were, we had this privilege to look at this. And basically we saw, look, employees' anxiety and depression, we saw, this is what we saw, right? Employees' anxiety and depression, restaurants being shut down, and drivers' income dropping as the delivery service were down in more than 40% in some cases, in some countries, no. right? Then what we did was we, we were like, I, I think we were very good observers. Uh, we saw some players, like some of our competitors in other countries, providing funds for restaurants, Mm-hmm. Orders, they were supporting drivers on safety concerns, order taking care of their employees, and order being more, more connected with the society, providing food relief for those in need. iFood, we said, guys, we don't know what is going to work. Let's do all of this. And then we create a program called Our Delivery. Our Delivery basically stands for four main stakeholders, right? Restaurants, drivers, society, and employees. For restaurants, we did a payment anticipation for restaurants from 30 days to seven days with no cost. Plus, we added 150 million BRL fund for the restaurants, right? To support them, to help them to don't close, don't shut down. Fantastic. From a driver perspective, we had the fund where we started with 1 million BRL, but we end up spending more than 20 million BRL uh, for drivers with distribution of antibacterial gel for drivers, deliver with no contact between drivers and clients and drivers from group risk were told to stay at home and anyone with symptoms as well as we provided full income for them, right? So we, we took care of all the drivers as well. For the society, uh, we built a donation tool instead of the app, connect with Brazilian NGOs called Ação da Cidadania and CUFA. And for employees, we did we, we launched more than ten new benefits and family and like family and psychological support. Uh, we even tried to have a virtual childcare here. We still have it, but we adapted to provide support for the parents on how to handle kids. This is just to give some example and how to have repertoire to play and entertain the kids, right? Because uh, if you don't have this kind of repertoire, what are going to you are going to end up giving them the, the iPad or the iPhone, and that's it. So we try yeah. to provide and coach the parents on how to handle them. Uh, so, th- so we look for all these four stakeholders and say, this is a thunderstorm. Let's make sure that we deal and we cross the best that we can. Excellent. Uh, it, it's 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 very impressive. I, I think the the bit which impressed me there is that you decided to do all of them. When I was, uh, I've heard of some of the social actions that you guys have taken and, and it kind of sparked me to do some more of my own research and preparation for, for this podcast today. And I was looking at the list and it's just impressive. It keeps on going and it seems that you've really thought about the, the smaller areas, which, which, as I said, is impressive. Um, let's start to talk a bit more about work. Uh, everyone knows that uh, the world of work has changed. Home office being... 
or, or work from home, as it's, it's called in the UK or the US, perhaps, uh, is, is one of the major changes. Uh, almost all businesses globally have had to deal with this problem and adapt rapidly to this. Uh, we can talk a little bit about home office, but also tell us about some of the other uh, decisions that you've made on a, a macro scale connected with the, the business. All right. On a macro scale, there's three things that we did here, Rich. First one, basically, one, one is just physical, which is basically we try to mimic the office conditions to our employees' home, like providing full support, like uh, covering internet and uh, electricity expenses, providing them chairs, monitors, and et cetera. So we try to, to, to provide them kind of like a, a, a nice place where they could work pretty much the same way that we were, they were able uh, to work in the office. The second one was uh, in the very beginning, if we didn't do anything, we would end up becoming a Babel Tower. What do mm -hmm. I mean to do with this? Because the communication was coming from everywhere, right? Like we were communicating from email, from WhatsApp, from Slack, from even telephone, doing a lot of meetings. So we tried to combine and set a couple of rules in terms of how we're going to communicate forward here. Because when you are in the office, it's quite easy, right? Like you just tapping someone's back and say, hey, can you help me with something, right? But when yeah. you were distance working remotely, uh, this is not quite, this is, this is, uh, can be, uh, something that we needed to manage to kind of like combine and everything communicate in the same way. And last but not least, we launched something that we call IFOS Beta, which is, stands for iFood Operational System Beta, which is basically a set of 10 features that we believe that they were the ingredients on how to work and balance life better when you are at home. So basically we did this thing. Like, so the first one, it's a physical space. The second one, a communication. And the third one, guys, let's set together some rules in terms of how we imagine the future of work. Okay. And tell, tell us a bit more about some of those, those rules for that, uh, that future of work. What, what did that involve? Well, like what... The, the, the first one, the physical one is quite easy. The communication, mm -hmm. we, we kind of like decided, we set some rules. And, the, and the, this is what we call the IFOS beta, which is, uh, it's basically 10 features, okay, based on three pillars, which is balance, development, mm -hmm. and connection, right? Connection, and, and this combines everything we believe that we make working remotely at iFood great, okay? So there's a couple of things Based on balance, how can you make sure that you're going to balance your life better? So there's a couple of features on that. Development, how, going, how, how can you make sure that we're going to take care of yourself, you're going to do your proper work, but you're still going to develop yourself. And connection in terms of how can you make sure that even working remotely and distance from each other, we're going to still have some sort of connection. Um, and it's available for everybody who wants to see. Uh, it's a, we, put it, we put out there on the internet right now, and uh, whoever wanted to, to learn more on, uh, on, uh, on, uh, on how I would imagine this IFOS beta, uh, you can search and you're going to be able to find. And even more than that, like the, the, the website that we put in place is available in Portuguese, Spanish, and English as well. So it's quite easy for people to, to kind of understand how we're working better on that. However, man, and we decided to launch it and we're working here in iPhone. And for anyone that, that hasn't visited that yet, I do recommend giving it a, a visit. I've, I've been there and, as I said, was, was very interested to, to hear about some of the actions that have been taken. From my personal perspective, what I think is, is fascinating is this aspect of connection. because And, and this was the case before the, the pandemic, but it's only accelerated. We are both more 
connected and more disconnected in our worlds today than we ever have been. You know, we're, we're bombarded every day with communication, as you said, from various different channels, uh, email, WhatsApp, telephone, Slack, Skype, uh, Microsoft Teams. And yet there's a lot of people in, that are, are completely isolated and are working from home. Yep. And, and I, I think this is a real challenge for businesses as how we can enable enable our staff to feel connected and part of a, of a whole, but without feeling that they're being bombarded. And, and, I, and I think there's a lot of people that have, 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 have not done that correctly. And I think there's, there's going to be a lot of movements in this and adaptations in the years to come, not just when the pandemic, pandemic finishes. Uh, I think it's going to be yep. a continuing theme. Um, Look, Rich, this is like, this is, this is the one billion dollars question, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This yeah, is, it's, it's, uh, it's something which is not going to be an easy solution. Yeah, this is, this is not going to be an easy solution. And, and, and more than that, I think it's going to evolve as we go, right? Like, for example, let's say that pandemic would take like two years to go uh, it, to change the, the society dramatically, right? But if you have like next, next, next month when vaccine uh, announced it, then like th there's a couple of things that we still will remain from our early days before the pandemic, right? So, uh, and, and, sh and sharing more like how we're handling with this in iFood, it's already on the I IFOS method that I mentioned before, right? We believe, we believe in iFood that nothing, absolutely nothing will substitute uh, human contact, okay? Yeah. But, also, but we also believe that providing working from home flexibility will be a must to have. So how to combine, right? <laughs> how to combine those two things? So the best solution for people being able to balance personal and professional life which is working from home flexibility, plus still having connection. We believe that we will have some, we needed to have some rituals. And this is what we're going to have. This is, this is our bad. We're going to have some rituals, like a huge alignment one week workshop to discuss the strategy every quarter. Mm -hmm. Okay. And between them, every team will have full autonomy to define ways of working, always have in mind three things. What is the best for iFood, for yourself, and for the team, right? So for example, in yeah. my case, I have been talking with my, my team members when we have a vaccine, when everything is like, kind of like back to normal, we're going to, to, to set one day in a month that you say, guys, like if everyone wants to go to the office, it would be great if you could do the goal this day, then we're going to have a full meetings, alignments, and we're going to end up with a happy hour or something. But every three months, we're going to meet everybody uh, for this huge alignment one week, uh, even some, 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 some cases outside of the office to do this kind of workshop and keep the, yeah. our employees connected. I, th I think that's, that's so important. I've heard from other business leaders that a lot of people who are, are working from home currently are, are enjoying it. Um, you know, they're, they're really enjoying the additional time that it's offered them. And, and again, for any of our international listeners, uh, traveling in a city such as Sao Paulo, the, the, the traffic can be horrendous <laughs> here and people can spend easily one and a half to two hours each way to get to work. Uh, so that additional time is, is beneficial. But then on the other side, you've got people who, who are really missing that, that contact. So uh, I think it will be imperative in the future for us to, to continue to offer employees the opportunity to have that contact when they feel they need it. And having that structured environment, as you said, something every three months is a, is a great idea but also giving people the opportunity to go into the office. Yep. Of course, following all measures and, and, and being as safe as possible, go into the office when they need to. 
when they when they emotionally feel they need to as well as for for work needs yeah and, and also providing autonomy for teams to decide by themselves right we, we treat everybody here as on something that we call the the, the responsible adults so guys like if you have a team of 14 members you guys discuss together if you want to go to every day to the office or if you want to go once a month or once a quarter that's fine right we yeah. believe that people will be able to manage themselves what is the best way to be connected and have this kind of flexibility as well great let's let's talk now about some of the the, the real changes and and we're going to move i guess slightly to look at your some some of your predictions uh for the future as well and i want to uh to, to cover this topic in in several different areas so first of all we're going to look at practically what do you think the work will, will look like and by that i mean in terms of how often will we go to the office you, you've just slightly touched on that there what types of contracts employees will have will the number of employees increase decrease um, and, and what will be the, the practical changes that you think we, you will see at iFood all right to be quite honest, Rich, I'm going to say something that it's going to sound a little bit strange, but the, the, based on what you, you ask it, I think the biggest challenge we're facing right now is the types of contracts. Because if I yeah. want to have someone working from Denmark to iFood, like there's a couple of legislation that I don't understand because most of the, the labor laws in, each, in all countries, they're, 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 they were built based on the old days where you work here, you go to the office and your labor will be for something in this country, right? And right now, yeah. we, right now, we wanted to ask people, for example, from the Silicon Valley, uh, to work for iFood operations in Brazil or even in Colombia or in Mexico, just, just to give one idea, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is, this is something super tricky. We have been studying a lot. We have been trying to understand how can I make sure that people can work from whatever they want uh, but, uh, and respecting the law, respecting everything, right? So this is one thing. I'm going to put this, this part aside because uh, even right now uh, in Brazil, as you know, we had to adjust everyone's contract to what we call the remote work or the telework, right? So mm -hmm. everybody's adjusted already. Some, this is something fixed, but for the international employees, it's something that we struggle, we struggle as we go. So coming, coming back to the question on based on, the, based on going to the office, your, your, your question on going to the office, how, how often we're going to the office. So based on the IFOS, which is the, the, this kind of set of rules that, that, that I mentioned before. We announced yeah. that we're going to reopen our office mid-2021, right? Mid-2021. Mid so we're still looking at another eight, eight months, possibly. Eight months, yeah. Wow. But we also share with our employees that you don't think about the return to work, okay? Mm -hmm. as, 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 we want them to think that they're never going to return to go back to the office and they needed to plan their lives around it. Because many are living far away from their relatives and living as, oh, it will all go away tomorrow. And we yeah. want them to be able to adjust their lives to what makes them happy and well, right? Because if you think, oh, wow, should I move from Sao Paulo to Rio, for example, because my family is in Rio, but then I needed to return back to Sao Paulo. What we're trying to share with them is like, guys, forget about coming back to the office. If your life would be better working uh, in Rio, move there. And that's all right. So this is so in terms of going to the office, we're going to reopen, but we already announced that you don't need it to come back. Okay. And uh, in terms of numbers of, of employees, in the very beginning of the pandemic, uh, uh, we, we, we didn't know what was about to happen. And the main reference that we had was May 12 in China, that mm -hmm. they saw their, their, their orders dropping like 44% in a single month. 
And then he thought, wow, this could be something that could easily happen to us. Right now, it's easy to say, wow, of course, we are skyrocketing, right? But like in the early days of the pandemic, nobody knew, knew nothing, right? So, uh, and that what we did was we, fro- we freeze um, our recruitment, but then we saw that the, the number of orders almost doubling. We came from like 26 million to 45 almost, right? Uh, but so right now we're, we're, we're recruiting at full speed. We, we started the pandemic with 2,400 employees and we are, we believe, I believe that we're going to close the year easily with, with three, with almost 3000 employees. Wow. Very, very impressive figures. Uh, and it's, it's always good to hear a positive news story. You know, there's so many businesses globally, not just in Brazil, but so many businesses that are struggling at the moment. I think it's fantastic to be able to put that. That, that positive news out there that there are businesses that are hiring at the moment, the businesses yep. that are growing and, and perhaps taking, taking advantage is not the, the exactly the correct word, but uh, they are, are thinking positively about the situation that we're in and, and benefiting from that. Yep. Um, one of the, 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 the interesting areas for me about the pandemic is that it has forced businesses. Some businesses were doing this before, but, it has forced businesses to think about employees more holistically. So whereas before it was often thought that employees would come to the office, they would do their job and they would go home. There was very little thought or not as certainly not as much as there is today about a, a, an employee as a, as a human or an emotional being that has needs outside of work. So those needs outside of work could be kids, uh, it could be studying, balancing that. It could be, as you said, seeing older relatives. It could be any number of things. And, and I feel that in the future, businesses are going to think more about employees uh, holistically and try and incorporate every aspect of their life. Do you agree with me? And, and do you, what else do you feel will be the, the human or the emotional impact of the, the new world of work? I, I couldn't agree more with you, Rich. I think um, even even when we look for some of, some of the so so basically what happened is that when when the pandemic arrived we we stopped talking about like anything not related with having empathy with with each other. Why am I saying empathy? Yeah. Because in the end of the day, if I try to do like a huge map in terms of everyone's need, and I'm talking about two thousand five hundred employees, right? I couldn't get a list. I couldn't. I, I could. I wouldn't be able to get a proper list in terms of everyone's need. So yeah. why the word empathy, it's so, it was so important for us to cross this, um, this thunderstorm. Because in the end of the day, we would be facing situations that we never felt we would be facing before, right? So having the empathy to try to understand the other person need and act properly was the only thing that was available for us as a solution, you know? Uh, and, and, and you mentioned, for example, on that, you have like child, you have people with kids, so then we try to put the child care. We have people going to depression. We implement. We we offer all, all of our employees uh, uh, psychological support, uh, online psychotherapy. Uh, we have two thousand five hundred employees. Just for you to get a reference, we had more than seven hundred employees using online psychotherapy. Right. Wow. Some of our employees they get COVID symptoms, so then we made a partnership with a hospital that would go to their house, collect the exam, and then would provide full support for all of them, including when their family members they they were. They were having, they were being suspected as well. So there's, there was a lot of things that, that we were learning as we go. But I think the most important thing was saying, saying and sharing, guys, like we're going to face and we're going to fail 
we're going to fail not providing all of your needs, but we're here trying to have a lot of empathy. So please share with us. We're going to be, we're trying to, we're going to try to be even better listeners to all of your needs. So I think that was like something quite relevant in them, something that we managed as uh, relatively successfully. Yeah. And I think that that aspect of empathy and listening to what your employees want is going to allow you to evolve as a business over the next three to five years. Um, as we said, not just with the, 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 the ever-changing pandemic, but also with the, the rapid growth that you guys are seeing as a business. Finger crossed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, iFood is a very innovative business. It always has been. It's got several different business arms. It is a, a food tech business. Are there any particular innovations that you can share with us today that you think will really change the world of work and also may be adopted by other businesses in the future? Well, Rich, uh, this is a very important question. There's a couple of strategy um, that um, I, I cannot share right now with you, but like just, just, just to name a few, <laughs> just to name a few, I think we launched something that, um, uh, uh, something that we call iFood Refeição which is a meal voucher solution, which is by far the best meal voucher solution out there. And we also launched uh, something that we're calling Na Mesa, which is like on the table, right? Which makes mm -hmm. restaurant menu via QR code, an easy solution, just to name a few. So there's way more than that. Right now, just, just FYI, we're working on uh, 17 priorities, which 13 or between 11 to 13 are new business. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Excellent. All right. Well, I, I respect your, your right to keep those innovations uh, <laughs> very, very secret and private, but definitely look forward to seeing some of those in the future. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, again, speaking about my, my personal opinion about what's changed during the, the pandemic, I, I view talent development and training as two of the hardest areas to, 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 to really continue without that, uh, that, that physical contact in the office. And I say that because if you're hosting a training session and someone doesn't understand, or, or maybe you've never even met the person because you've done all of your onboarding, your hiring, your recruiting remotely. And does this person then still have the same level of, of connection or uh, confidence to say they don't understand a topic? And also in terms of talent development and promotion without being by someone every single day, can you, can you spot their weaknesses or their strengths in the same way that you can uh, when you're sat next to them or, or you're meeting them on a regular basis? So that, that's my personal view as to a couple of problem areas in the pandemic. Do you see any other problem areas? Do you share my opinion? Yeah. Uh, look, IFOS also touches on that, and I couldn't agree more with you on that concern. This is like what – because as you mentioned before, as you just spoke before, iFood is a very innovative organization, right? And yeah. we're growing as we speak. So if all of our employees, they don't grow at the same rate or even faster than the organization, somehow we're going to be obsolete, right? Yeah. So on development, on development, what I, what I have been sharing internally, it's a concept of work, distraction, and development fluidity. Okay? Just let me explain. Mm -hmm. Let me elaborate more on that. Imagine that your calendar is something physical and blank. Distraction are in the state of gas work is liquid and development it's something solid that mm -hmm. said if you don't if you if you're not careful enough distractions will fulfill your whole day right like social media netflix whatsapp facebook you name it work yep. 
pretty much easily can make it from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., right? If you don't put boundaries. And development, you need to ensure you lock some room for it. Otherwise, distraction and work will feed the whole thing, right? That said, yeah. we launched it on IFOS, what we call the Development Wednesday, which is basically a huge agreement between all of us that Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. will be blocked to individual development training and courses. It has, been, it has been working fantastically, and including myself, I have been learning things that were on my bucket list for ages, like surfing and sailing as well. <laughs> right? So you needed to have a lot of discipline, but we believe that it will work quite well. Is it for everybody? Not sure. It's a kind of like incentive. It is. And it's a huge agreement because everybody knows that from 9 to 12, like there's nothing you can do. You cannot block anyone's calendar. So because if you don't have this huge agreement in your organization, everybody will try to put in your calendar because they're going to see an open slot for that. And, um, yeah. and even more than that, what we're trying to do is we're trying to put a lot of, uh, uh, at least like in those three hours, we're trying to put like one hour from an external speaker to come to the organization and provide the using the communications tool that we have. And um, it's not for everybody, it's for whoever wants. Oh, but what about the competency model that we had in the past? Well, look, every leader, because they know that they have like this three hours lot, they can plan and they can do some interaction based on some specific competence for that specific team. So they have that time for that. We're not going to control everything. We're just going to make sure that we have your time block and you have the mindset that at least once a week, I have three hours for my own development. Yeah. Excellent. Good. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to go and, uh, and read more of this IFOS. I think it sounds like a fantastic <laughs> uh, ten, ten, ten point plan. Um, so again, speaking about my own personal thoughts about the pandemic and some unintended consequences, I think it may affect particularly the, the, the millennial and Generation X uh, and their attitude towards work. And, and as, a, as a recruiter uh, who's, who's worked in several different countries, the, the attitudes towards, uh, towards work from Generation X and the millennials have always been more focused on development, uh, on the challenges, uh, on being in an innovative company, and never really focused on job security. But yet now we've passed through a, a time when in the last 12 months, unfortunately, globally, millions of, of people, and, and those generations have been, have been hit hardest, millions of people have, have lost their jobs. And mm. I, I don't have the answer to this, but one of my own questions is, is that going to change the attitude towards work? Are people going to look for longer term careers with more job security? Um, and I wonder whether you see any unintended consequences of the pandemic or, or whether uh, you think work will be drastically changed in that way in terms of attitudes. All right. Rich, again, that's an amazing question. And uh, what we're trying to do right now, right, exactly as we speak, we have been partnered with a futurologist uh, consultant organization to help us, to help us, to try to imagine different kind of scenario, right? But one thing yeah. that we know is that home office forever and asynchronous communication are very strong trends and that were accelerated with the pandemic, right? More than we yeah. could ever imagine. Digital transformation in HR also, right? But in the end of the day, even the best futurologists won't be able to guess it properly. So what we have been seeking here is two things. One, to create a culture of open-mindedness Mm -hmm. And the second is lifelong learning. 
because we believe that people will be able to adapt to the future however it is right now. We're also trying to create the future, but even when you're trying to create things, you need to have the open mind, your mind open enough to understand that, oh, things, oh, oh, shit, this is a wrong way. I need <laughs> to move to another direction, right? So yeah. creating this kind of like open-mindedness and lifelong learning, uh, we believe that we're going to kind of empower and provide our employees tools to adapt and adjust whatever the future looks like. Yeah, I guess it, it was a, a hard question to ask you because, as you pointed out, no one is able to to really predict that future. But I do like your answer. We, whatever it is, we're going to have to evolve to it, and it's never going to to stop either. It's going to cause constant evolution and constant yeah. adaptation. Yeah. So, so basically, what we're trying to do is we're trying to imagine the future, but we're also focused on the person, right? We're focused on the person. Say, guys, you need to be open-minded, and you need to keep learning. Otherwise, you're going to be obsolete and you're not going to be able to handle to the future, whatever it adjusts itself. Excellent. Um, so we, we've spoken quite a lot about the, the future of work. I want to change the topic slightly. Uh, iFood is a food tech business. Uh, so my question now is about food and eating habits. <laughs> how, how do you feel eating habits have, have changed during the pandemic? And do you see any, any changes in the near future? Yeah, it's changing a lot, right? And like in the past, um, uh, in the past, like if you think about it, not in the past, even in some cases in the present, like to cook is an obligation for, for, for a lot of people. We believe that yeah. in the future, cooking would be kind of like a pleasure, a hobby, something that are going to do with your friends for fun. And then the food you deliver will fulfill your, your eating needs, right? And uh, the pandemic has changed a lot. Like proof of that is, uh, our business growing, as I mentioned to you, like in 26 million orders in February to uh, now it's more than 44.6 million. And it's still growing month over month. Uh, and also we started with two or three competitors and now there's like more than 10 on this competition. Wow. So uh, it's not only me believing that this is a great market to be in, but uh, the whole market, I think, is moving to that direction. So you just, you just see kind of continued growth in terms of ease for 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 eating and a, a shift as you said more towards pleasure for, yeah, for yeah, cooking yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. okay great so coming on to my final question now this is a, a as you know a podcast about talent and i want to ask all of my guests uh, this same oh. question um how do you personally define talent all right uh that's a great one as well <laughs> from uh the, look in 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 and rich from day to day like uh, I, I struggle to update it uh, as the word evolves, right? But something that it, it has been with me for the last two years, it's the concept of a 3G talent, right? Which, what is a 3G talent? It's someone that combines three Gs. First G, grit. The second G, growth mindset. And the third mm -hmm. G is a good heart. It's a good heart. Which basically, I am combining here three concepts from three different books. Good heart, I'm stealing from Adam Grant on his book called Give and Take. Great with Angela Lee Duckworth, which, which book has the same name. And mm -hmm. third, the growth mindset with Carol Dweck on her book about the, the, her book called Mindset. From what I have been studying and observing, this seems to be a deal breaker on success, those 3G. Great, growth mindset and good heart. This is how I define <laughs> Rich. Hope it has helped. Absolutely, it's helped. 
in, in fact, Gustavo, this whole podcast, I've, I've really enjoyed having you here. It's uh, really helped me to get an understanding of iFood as a business. And as we've discussed, uh, iFood in the future. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, the pleasure is all my reach. Thank you for you, Teresa, and Larry as well. Excellent. And for all of our listeners, uh, if you do want to find more of our podcasts on LATAM leadership, they can be found on our website, robertwalters.com. And if you want to find more local information, robertwalters.com.br. Thanks, everyone. And we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.